0: the JSC Radio listener, the JSC Radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right, looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you wanna donate $1 an episode, hell, $1 a month for $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show, and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes. That's right, JSC exclusives. You'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else. For $10 or more per episode, now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show. You got a business, you want me to talk about it, I want you to sponsor my show. For $10, hit me up, send me the script, I'm putting you over. Plus you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it. For $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you wanna hit me up on Patreon. For more information, on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio. Patreon.com slash JSC Radio, and you can truly help this become the people's podcast. This is JSC Radio.
1: But this movie is really resonating with people because the Black Panther was the first mainstream black superhero. And he's come to mean a lot to a lot of people because his story is so strong. He had his story is one of hope, one of power, one of family. It's clearly gonna do well, but I mean, what are the stakes for a film like this? Well, the great thing about Black Panther is that before now, Hollywood was never quite sure that movies that feature a black lead that were helmed by a black director, that was written by a black writer, they were never sure how those films would play around the world. With the success of Black Panther, with the success of Jordan Peele's Get Out, that myth has been shattered forever. Check it out.
0: This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is J. Scott Smith, and this is the 69th episode of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio, throwing up the Wakanda forever sign in the JSC. Radio studios in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection, known as Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Want to thank each and every one of y'all who supports the show all the damn time. Follow me on the Twitter machine at J Scott Smith. That's J A Y S C O two T's S M I T H. You can follow the show, of course, at JSC Radio. You can also get info about JSC TV, JSC TV, Scott Confidential on rvntv.tv every Saturday morning at 11.30 a.m. Get online and check out the show. Those of y'all who seem surprised on Instagram, by the way, at J Scott Smith. Those of y'all who seem surprised on Instagram that I am doing a TV show, I've been telling your asses this for months. Would you think I was making this shit up? I'm dead serious. I am out here on JSC TV every Saturday morning on RVNTV.tv. And next Wednesday, we're gonna be doing our March Madness special on there. Plenty of info coming up on JSC TV tomorrow morning. That's right, this thing's coming out on friday so it's tomorrow morning y'all know what the routine is i want to thank each and every one of y'all who support jscottsmith.com the mothership be sure to hit up soundcloud.com slash jsc radio the show is on itunes it's on stitcher it's on audio boom it's on google play and as of last week ladies and gentlemen the show is on spotify damn it Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. We've almost made it all the way out here now, damn it, We've made it to Spotify. So no matter where you are, no matter what you got, JSC Radio is right where you wanna be. So be sure to just simply hop on Spotify, look up JSC Radio, hit that follow button, and now I can go with you on your workouts, on your road trips, if you're just walking up the street, if you're on the train, wherever the hell you wanna be, JSC Radio is right there, damn it. So yes, this is the 69th episode, episode 60a y Nueve. everybody's favorite episode the 69th one yes indeed and as you heard there this is the kind of official slash unofficial whatever you want to call it review slash analysis of black panther now if you recall about a year ago i did episode 30 was 34 it was episode 34 it was an interesting episode because the first half of the damn show was dealing with Ben Carson. And boy, I could do an entire show on that deadbeat, but I'm not going to. At least not now. The second part of it was a review of the movie Get Out. It was the first time I'd done any sort of movie review on this show. And here's a fun fact about me. I love me some movies. Movies are cool. They're not just simply a date technique. Movies are just cool I've always been into movies I've always had a thing for the cinema I love a good movie I was so thankful when Netflix became a thing and you can get all the movies you want my dad's in the movies that's one of the things that we have and yeah you know, we're both in the movies both into music and that's always been a thing with me but man listen Black Panther I'm just gonna cut right to the chase I've seen black people in film plenty of times in plenty of roles I've seen black people playing everything from the fool to the servant. I've seen them be mammies. I've seen black people be comic relief. I've seen black people be plot devices, be criminals, be thugs, be gangsters, be villains on occasion, be the muscle on a team, be gangsters, be gang members, be athletes. I've seen black actors pull on your heartstrings. I've seen black actors do every imaginable thing you can think of. The rarest of rare things is seeing the black man play the hero. You don't see it much. Denzel Washington's been one of the few guys to consistently play a heroic role. You gotta think, even in a movie like The Shawshank Redemption, Morgan Freeman was a criminal, he was an inmate. Denzel Washington, he played all those good guy roles and all those roles of these black men who were in some pretty damn honorable, quote-unquote, positions, including in glory, and he was Malcolm X. But I remember Malcolm X is a bit of a—he he was a bit of a lost soul before he became Malcolm X. And Reuben Hurricane Carter, and he won the Academy Award for Training Day, one of my favorite movies. He wins the Academy Award for Training Day, where he's like a Shades of Grey type of good guy for a little while before you find out at the end he's a total heel, and he's a total heel out here working with the Russians? <laughs> go figure. That would never happen in this country though, would it? When you look at some of these roles that black actors have been in, have there needed to be more? Yes. Have there been black actors who've played the roles of superheroes before? Yes, but usually in a more comedic fashion.
1: This movie puts people of color in the forefront. The main character is a person of color. The majority of the casts are people of color. Mm-hmm. So we're finally getting to see the diversity of America reflected back to us on screen. And, you know, people and children of color can go see a superhero film now with the, where the hero looks just like them. You've got Damon Wayans was Blank
0: Man. Now there was Blade. There was Blade as Wesley Snipes. There was Michael Jai White playing Spawn, which was kind of another one of those dark. Kind of heroes. He was a hero, but he was kind of almost like an anti hero of sorts. But there had not been a guy that really just took off. And that's what Jesse Holland, the gentleman that you heard at the start of the show, he was doing an interview with BBS talking about Black Panther. That's what Jesse Holland was referencing is that there have been so many attempts at superheroes. And quite often the black character is either the comic relief, the sidekick, or one part of the villains party. That brings us to Black Panther. Now, last year, Get Out was equal parts comedy and horror film. It was scary as hell, yet funny at the same time because it hit a little too close to home. It was a touch too damn real for some of us out here. Black Panther, on the other hand, kind of took some of the elements of what Get Out had and shot it up to 10. I'm not someone who goes to see movies in theaters more than once. If it were up to me, I would see Black Panther once a week, every week. That movie is astonishingly good. And I'm not someone who buys into hype very well. In fact, often the more you hype something up to me, the less I'll wanna see it, the less I'll wanna go there, the less I'll wanna listen to it. I'm just not a hype guy. Because more often than not, you people have terrible taste and you don't really know what's any good. And yes, I'm calling most of you out on your taste in rap music. I've heard so many rappers and singers get hyped up to the hilt that they're the greatest artists ever and oh, Jay, you gotta hear this, Jay, you gotta check out this this mixtape, you gotta check out this album, just listen to this song and tell me you don't like it. And I listen to the song and I look them square in the eye and say, I don't like it, it sucks. And I've used that same line of thought on everything from TV shows to food to video games to, to cartoons everything. People hype up shit to the hilt. And more often than not, it's garbage. It's basura. It's trash. It's nothingness. I don't need to waste my time with it. I'm not trying to deal with it because it's garbage. So the difference between Black Panther and a lot of things that people are hyping up is that I had been looking forward to the Black Panther film for about a decade. When Marvel first really started hitting hard with these movies, and it, I mean, they'd done like a lot of cartoon projects and everything like that, but when they first really jumped back in with Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk, and you could tell they were, they, they were kind of building toward like an Avengers thing as when Iron Man, Iron Man took off. Iron Man was the one. And when Iron Man took off and everything else, that's when you knew. That was, that, that's when you knew that this was going to be something special. And having seen what they did with Iron Man, with Thor, with Spider-Man, with the Incredible Hulk, with every uh, Iron Man. I mean, Iron Man, I keep coming back to that because Iron Man was the gold standard until now, was the gold standard of Marvel films. Even Captain America. The Captain America films were great. Doctor Strange even was good. So that's why I bit on the hype. That's why I bought into the hype for Black Panther. And I started hearing about Black Panther almost two years ago and what they were going to do with it. And when you look at the cast, when you have Chadwick Boseman and, and, and Lupita Nyong'o and, and you got Angela Bassett and the newcomer, essentially, Letitia Wright. She'd been in other projects, but now this is one of those things that made her. And I'll get, to, I'll get to how great her character was and how much I loved her character as we go along in this. And of course, we cannot forget the other Michael Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Where the fuck
2: is Wallace? Huh? String, string. look at me. Look at me, where the fuck is Wallace?
0: That brother, Mr. Killmonger, where I don't think anything was ever gonna get me to not refer to him as Wallace, but damn it, this is about as close as you get to him not being referred to as Wallace, he was outstanding in this damn movie. Denae Garay, who was you remember Michonne from Walking Dead, she's no longer from the Walking Dead. Now she's the badass black woman with a bald head holding a holding a spear. That that's who she is now, because she made that. This whole movie, which is Marvel, does such a great job of melding together fact and fiction giving you just enough of the real life shit to make the Marvel Universe work perfectly in it. And the way that it was done with Oakland being one of the focal points, Ryan Coogler being from Oakland, the director, he's he's from Oakland, did Fruitvale Station. It's like it makes sense for it to be in Oakland, but Oakland also being the original home of the Black Panther Party to do that, to tie it into early 90s Oakland, early 90s life in the Bay. And I got friends from the Bay. They all approve of this damn film because it does talk about, and we're kind of hints at some of the things that were happening in East Oakland back then. To have the movie based in the Bay. And by the way, it, it, you should have seen the movie by now. I don't need, think I need to hit you with a spoiler alert at this point. We're, we're damn near a month out from that movie having dropped. If you ain't seen it by now, I'm not gonna wait for you to finally get around to it. So no, for God's sake. The way that movie starts off with with the original King's brother, they're basically acting almost as if they're kind of like, it's like they're half street thugs but at the same time they're also kind of fighting for the city and you discover very quickly that, and they're really fighting for the American people, black people and you discover that Wakanda is this amazing country buried deep in the heart of Africa, but it's buried deep in the heart of Africa and hiding from the world, and it's almost as if it turns its back on the community and turns its back on society because they're afraid of essentially having your having all your natural resources raided. That's complex shit. That's next level shit, man. That's next level shit. And then King T'Chaka having to kill his brother in order to save the life of the guy eventually ends up being Forrest Whitaker. Dead hell of a job in this movie too. And you leave the son behind. So it's like, it's the perfect kind of Marvel superhero slash supervillain setup. You just don't realize it initially. And so many things just hit on in this movie. The technology, I bring it back to Shuri. Letitia Wright's character. Where you see this young black woman is super educated. Sh- Shuri basically is playing the role of Q from the James Bond films, where she's in here and she's introducing all these cool gadgets and the tools and the and and the car, the 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 holograms are, are the, the hologram scene when they're in Korea and when they're South Korea and, and She's able to take over any car with the holographic technology. and It's a mind-blowing thing. But that's where it keeps going back to the term inclusion. I've seen black actors in so many roles, black men and black women. I've seen them in so many roles, but you rarely see them in that one. It's messed up that because the way movies have been for so long, that you're often looking at a situation where you have black superhero who's essentially a combination of like James Bond, Bruce Wayne, and King Joffe Jopher from coming to America kind of melded into one. And you've turned him into this black superhero where he is the lead. He is the guy. He is the man. You have Princess Shuri, who's playing the role of Q from James Bond. You have Lupita Nyong'o, who's the love interest. She's almost like Money Penny. This is kind of like a James Bond film, more or less. It's like a James Bond film, but mixed with, like, Thor. And it's just like, you also have to look at how it factors in the, it factors in the the tribal aspects of the, of certain African nations and how they're gov- like even down to the fighting to the death. This is a nation that to the world presents itself as this primitive third world country. That's very poor when actually they're basically living the Jetsons life out this motherfucker. And this guy will get up in front of the United Nations and present himself as just this King of this poor country when really they've, they're, they're a 1,000 years into the future in front of everyone else, yet they still determine their king by fighting to the death. It's, this movie hits you in so many places structurally as a movie, but also as a cultural event. Now, did I get dressed up in a dashiki and, and, and play drums in the theater? No. We did show up in all black. <laughs> I was going to do at least that. I was going to show up in all black. But to be there, to watch that movie, there's so much to it. It's like, like like think of a scene for example where it falls into the typical line of we've got who you think is the villain at the start of the movie, Claw, before everything suddenly flips and becomes killmonger in this whole thing. Like just think of the scene where you're getting the typical superhero-ish trope out of the way, the typical superhero type of quest out of the way early in this movie, but it's done It's done just so differently. And it was so cool seeing it where, to be real, for so much of my life, the Africans have either been seen as either hostages or savages, but rarely as heroes.
1: Ulysses Klo plans to sell the vibranium to an American buyer in South Korea tomorrow night.
2: Klo has escaped our pursuits for almost 30 years. Not capturing him is perhaps my father's greatest regret. I wish to bring Klaw back here to stand trial. Wakanda does not need a warrior right now. We need a king. My parents were killed when he attacked. Not a day goes by when I do not think about what Klaw took from us. From me.
1: It's too great an opportunity to pass.
2: Take me with you. We'll take him down together, side by side. Eh? They need you here, protecting the border. Then I ask. Do you kill him where he stands, or you bring him back to us? You have my word. I will bring him back.
0: And another interesting thing about this movie, and the thing that jumped out to me as well, is I talked about Get Out. You got Daniel Kaluuya, who was the lead in Get Out. He was the protagonist in Get Out, and here he is again in another transformative black movie, along with Chadwick Boseman, Chadwick Boseman. I want to get his name right. Is it Chadwick or Chad? I keep saying Chadrick for some odd reason. It's like apparently I got a Chadrick somewhere stuck in my head. But Mr. Bozeman, who has managed to play Jackie Robinson and James Brown and Thurgood Marshall, and now he's the damn Black Panther. That's a pretty damn nice run to go on for this brother. I can't even call him young brother. He's older than me. He doesn't look like he's older than me, but he's older than me by like three years This dude's 41! For all the things that Bozeman did in this movie, the greatness that is Angela Bassett, Lupita Nyong'o, it was just magnificent in this movie. Young Jordan. For the longest, the other Michael Jordan. Or again, for those of you who are like me, you simply look at that dude and the first thing that comes out of your mouth is,
2: Where the fuck is Wallace? Where's Wallace, String? String!
0: That guy. Wallace from The Wire, is now maybe, I would say, one of the slowly but surely most beloved villains out here, like, ever in the black community. Like, honestly, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger puts him right in the conversation with Heath Ledger's Joker. Now, to understand, the only reason that I put that Joker in front of Killmonger is because Killmonger, he's establishing the character that if they ever wanted to redo this film, and why the would you ever think of redoing it for anything other than maybe making an animated version of it at some point killmonger is an established character a newly established character now you have a face to killmonger what heath ledger did was he took an established character and made it his own it's pretty it's pretty damn wild he took an established character made it his own bam next thing you know you got yourself a brand new look at the joker where jack nicholson and and every other Joker throughout history is no more. It's now Heath Ledger. Killmonger is different, and I've seen the think pieces and all the different hoteps basically saying that Killmonger was right and all that. No, Killmonger was a scumbag, but he was an honorable scumbag. He was that pro wrestling heel that you do not like, but you can kind of get where he's coming from you get the motivation you just don't like the execution and that's a bit of a it's a bit of an analogy or an allegory for the black community you almost and I've seen the comparisons where you look at the Black Panther as more like MLK albeit yes he was violent but as as MLK as opposed to Killmonger being seen more through the eyes of like Malcolm X the by any means necessary and this dude has every right to be pissed off. He has every right to want to overthrow that that kingdom that basically left him just to struggle on his own in Oakland after the king kills his dad. But I've also seen the jokes where it's like, if you're, if you're T'Challa, you're like, bruh, I didn't know who you were to 36, I didn't even know you existed to 36 hours ago. We can make this right. It's like the, they're the yin and the yang. They're the angel and devil on your shoulder. And the scene at the end cuz again you should have seen it by now i'm not giving you a spoiler alert you know what's coming the scene at the end where killmonger says bury me in the sea where my ancestors jumped off of the boats and holy hell it's like it hits you in so many places it hits you it hits you in different spots emotionally It hits you in different spots as just a black man, as a fan of comic books, as a fan of movies. This shit hits hard, bro. Like, really, really hard. And to watch a movie like that, it was so compelling. And there's so many great things to come out of it. The conversation about black movies is no longer relegated to comedies and the occasional documentaries and dramas where more often than not we're playing secondary or tertiary characters. We're not just simply talking about you're either Denzel Washington or Tyler Perry. Blacks in movies are like blacks in American society. There are so many layers and so many levels, and there are likable ones and ones you totally cannot effing stand. I say bravo to Marvel, bravo to Marvel Studios, to Stan Lee, to Ryan Coogler, big ups to that entire cast to put that thing together because that movie changed people. I've never seen a movie where you had entire groups of school kids heading out to see it, where you're having people raising money to get school kids to go see Black Panther. This was not a movie, it was an experience. It was the type of thing that you see once in a lifetime. I can't think of a movie that did that for people. And you can dismiss it and say, oh, Wakanda's not real, no, it's not, but neither is Narnia, neither is Hogwarts. Asgard's not a real place either. (laughs) Bedrock's not real. So yeah, Wakanda's not a real African country. So what? The idea that an African nation could thrive like that, but, and while both being a pillar for the rest of the world in terms of technology, but also kind of being a shame on the world for their kind of Refusal to help others around the world when they have the means to do so. Again, complexities. There are complexities to this shit, man. You have the ability to save your people, help your people. Not even through violent means like Killmonger, but through aid, through programs, through money. Only at the end of the movie when they open up the the community center in Oakland and the Technology Center, and they're going and doing all these things. They could have done it for years. And they just stood on the sidelines and watched them suffer, which was what the entire basis at the very beginning of the movie was about. We cannot sit on the sidelines anymore. It's like there was a message inside of a message inside of a damn message in a bottle in this movie. You leave that movie feeling stronger but also conflicted. And I can't say that about any other movie I've seen. Not even Get Out. Get Out was just like, Get Out was an emotional trip. It was an emotional ride to go on for that entire two plus hours of that movie. Black Panther was like, it had you going in so many directions between the action, some of the comedy. Gotta love that the white guy is the comic relief and even he came through in the end and he was able to help out. It's wild. It's effing wild. Like seriously. Love that movie it automatically goes to the top five with me because it was just that damn good. Probably top two, really. It was just that damn good. And I brought up Get Out. And I'll close the show with this. This past Sunday were the Academy Awards. And I recall saying last year during the episode about Get Out that I wouldn't be shocked if that movie got nominated for Best Picture. And it did. It was also nominated for Best Actor with Daniel Kaluuya, Best Director with Jordan Peele, and Best Original Screenplay. Well, last Sunday, this happened.
1: And the Oscar goes to Jordan Peele, Get Out. This is the first Oscar for three-time nominee Jordan Peele. He is also nominated tonight as director and producer of Get Out.
2: Okay. Thank you. You guys are going to... You guys are going to mess up my jet ski. Hold up. Um, This uh, means so much to me. I I, I stopped writing this movie about 20 times because I thought it was impossible. I thought it wasn't going to work. I thought no one would ever make this movie, but I kept coming back to it because I knew if someone let me make this movie, that people would hear it and people would see it. So I want to dedicate this to all the people who raised my voice and let me make this movie. Donna, Ron at Universal, everybody, QC, Sean, uh, uh, Ted, Bea, Jason at at Blumhouse. You guys, thank you so much. To the cast and crew, I love you. Thank you so much. My wife, who supported me through this whole process. My mother, who taught me to love uh, even in the face of hate. And to everybody who went and saw this movie, everybody who, who bought a ticket, who told somebody to buy a ticket, thank you. I love you for shouting out at the theater, for shouting out at the screen. Let's keep going. Brian Roberts, thank you. I love you all. Thank you so much. Good
0: night. I've said this before, and actually I said this in a later episode, probably episode 35, 36, I have to remember which one it is, that the Oscars are the only award show I'll actually sit down and watch because I love movies that much. and. I cannot tell you how cool of a moment it was to watch Jordan Peele get up there and win that best original screenplay. Seriously, it was another watershed moment, which sadly, it took 90 years to get to, but it was another watershed moment, and it showed that little by little, despite what's happening in Washington, despite the attempts to try to take a lot of the color and a lot of the energy out of this country by Trump and others, things like this continue to show that you can't keep us down you can't keep us quiet and most of all you cannot continue to limit us and keep us in your damn box i will say this though hey keegan michael key i wouldn't let jordan take you to a barber shop anytime soon buddy because uh you might be in a little bit of trouble My wrestling heads will get that. My name is J. Scott Smith, telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pets spayed or neutered. Adopt and don't buy. And we are out of here, baby. The 69th episode. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me. We're enjoying it at the same damn time. Episode 70, 70, 70, is the second anniversary show. Somehow, I got this sumbitch to two years. I'm going to open up a little bit to y'all for episode 70. Check out JSC TV tomorrow morning at rvntv.tv, and I'll holla at your ass next week. Goodbye, everybody. Where the fuck is
2: Wallace? Huh? String. String. Look at me. Look at me! Where the fuck is Wallace? Check check. Check it out. out.
0: This is JSC Radio.
2: I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded.
0: I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online. For like a year, she couldn't take it anymore. So she got her dad's gun from his nightstand.
2: I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the
1: hall closet. He accidentally shot his cousin in the head. She killed herself. And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.